Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Shortly we'll be welcoming back Pet Needs to the podcast as they release their third album, Intermittent Fast Living. But before then, the usual reminders from myself. If you would, please do follow Full Pelt on social media. We are on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And again, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, whatever you're watching or listening. Welcome back to Johnny, to the Full Pelt Music Podcast. Absolutely delighted to have you back again. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Paul. And thank you so much for having us back again. It's always a pleasure. I always look forward to um, speaking to you. I'm doing good. Um, it's, it's very close to release time for the album now. So I'm nervous. Reviews are coming in now. Um, and this time, for the first time, we're trying to chant with the album as well. So we put another pressure on top of ourselves that we um, didn't really have to do, to be honest. Um, but it's been it's made the whole thing such a exciting journey. There seems to be so much energy behind it. I just want to get it out now. I just want to get it out. I'm itching to get it out. I can only imagine how it must feel. And, and I love that you use the word journey because obviously it has been a real journey um, for pet needs. Obviously, this is the... Third time we've had you on. We we started you out on our Discover New Music podcast. Mm. And we have obviously had you back with the release of your second album. And now third album, um, you know, is coming in. So that difficult second album is out of the way. And it's like sort of the, I guess the next sort of phase of the journey, this this sort of uh third album, um, obviously, you know, the band are a lot more experienced, you know, you, you're obviously gonna be, you know, writing about sort of different life experiences that you've you've gone through now um so intermittent fast living is, is the name of the album um by the time this is out listeners you need to be all over it because it's going to be out um uh by a couple of days this, this will hopefully come out the monday after it's uh, after the album comes cool. out so hopefully listeners you've had a, a couple of days with it and you're really enjoying it but if you haven't listened to it yet obviously get on it what you've been doing what you're playing at um but for you johnny you know what what has been the experience like this time for you writing this? You know, what are the themes behind it? Where where does it come from? Um, so the themes behind it, they kind of um, I this wasn't intentional, but once we had the collections of songs together and it started be, uh, developing into an album, it seems that it started really highlighting that weird kind of dichotomy between um the chaos of being on the road and touring and all that kind of stuff, but then also um just the absolute joy of living small as well of sitting on my sofa with a glass of wine and my dog and my wife and all that kind of stuff um and that's where the name intermittent fast living came from as well because that's kind of what um our lives are now it's kind of like fast living but intermittently um and then it's kind of embracing living small as well um and we wrote it in a different way for the very first time again not intentionally like this this is just how it um just how it came out um Last year, so in 2023, we had two really intense periods of creativity. It was two fortnights. Um, one was in January and one was in March because we were touring so much. We didn't really have that much time home. But in these two fortnights, um, all the ideas that I'd had across the previous year all just kind of like manifested into songs really, really quickly. And the energy was so high um, to the point where this album is coming out about six or seven months earlier than was previously like anticipated was previously part of the plan just because it got written so quickly and um, and all of my favorite songs that we've ever written and most of our most popular songs as well have all, all been written in the same way but usually it's one or two an album um but this time the whole album it just felt like the most intensely creative like two versions of two weeks so four weeks all together of our whole entire lives really 
Yeah. No, obviously, um, I've had a sneak peek of it and uh, obviously like encourage listeners to to really delve into the each song and obviously like the stories behind them because I say your your life has changed you know since like we first would have had you on, on the podcast and obviously like it's always good to see uh bands evolve and adapt like you know their sound but the way that they obviously go about like putting the music together and, and creating music and obviously yeah I'm guessing you know you've you've obviously been sort of spending a lot of time touring and and uh, playing with with bands with a lot of experience do you also like mm. look at these people and look at what they do and see well what what can we almost steal you know what what like sort of techniques are there and and and, and whatnot that we can uh, obviously borrow from from these people yeah 100 i definitely in terms of um a live show and in terms of showmanship we definitely 100 percent um like when we went out with the hives uh we could have thought it, even our because our first ever gig with the hives is one of our first shows in front of like a really big audience and we only did two shows with them but the difference in our performance from between show one and show two to seeing how the hives interacted with an audience was huge and then like going on the road with, um well we've been really lucky to be on the road with people like frank turner and the lottery winners and flogging molly and the bouts and souls who are all masters of engaging an audience which is really really cool um i think flogging molly probably like um like inadvertently or unintentionally in a way or subconsciously should i say um have had a bit of influence on our writing in this album as well because we were touring with them at the time and there's um definitely a song called the burning building on the album that we wrote it and afterwards we said this is feel and we'd never written anything that kind of feels kind of flogging molly-esque before um and then we were like oh this kind of feels kind of flogging molly kind of and that feels cool man um so yeah we always like live life our eyes open just learn from so many people and they've been able to tour with such incredible artists has been such a joy and a pleasure and i genuinely just never get bored of watching them either because you're learning okay. something new every single time absolutely and yeah i mean the hives are like you know like one of the just the best live bands uh period you know so yeah to be able to obviously watch them on stage and like you say yeah I can imagine just like that one experience would have changed your perception completely so uh. they were amazing uh, amazing like I didn't know much obviously I knew the hey to say I told you so <laughs> and those kind of things before um and a couple of other kind of ones that have been on the radio but I didn't really know much of their stuff um and then I saw them and they it just absolutely blew my mind as to like a live show and the fact that they go on stage in like these glow in the dark suits and like backstage they've got all these uv lights that are charging them up before they go on stage which is really cool um but they were lovely and they watched us both nights and they offered us advice and we went back into their room for like pizza and whiskey afterwards and stuff and it was great i really really want to tour with them again like because we only did two dates with them um while well, i think they were doing some festivals in the uk or something and these were like filler dates for them i mean but their filler dates are still like rock city nottingham and things like that um but uh yeah i'd love to hit the road with them again because they're amazing and their new album as well is just incredible yeah it is the death of randy fitzsimmons quality album again mm. listeners can check that one out and uh no it's fantastic and uh obviously you know, I haven't been a fan of obviously Pet Needs since kind of early days, you know, and obviously seeing you progress through is it's lovely to hear you talk about obviously uh, the way you sort of look up to the bands around you and learn from them. But equally, 
it's just as great to see that when you go out on tour, you're paying it back. You're, you know, taking bands out there um, that you've identified as people that, you know, have obviously got something to offer. And obviously, yeah, I can I can see that you're going to be the, the the type of band that's willing to you know share your experiences with them as well. Is that something that's obviously important to you? A hundred percent. And I think like the majority of acts, glitches actually, who came on tour with us um, on the last tour, an exception to this, but the majority of acts that we tour with are all Colchester acts. Um, glitches was actually the first act that I'd found them on the internet. I found them on TikTok actually, and then fell in love with their kind of like, they play like really heavy gigs outside and stuff, but I just like fell in love with them and their music and their attitude. Um, but all the other acts, like um, Bridget and Ben Brown and uh, Generation Feral, who's coming on tour with us uh, really soon, who I'm so excited to take on tour. Um, they're all Colchester acts. And like Colchester's just such a hive of amazing music, but it's kind of often overlooked as well because like a touring bands, like they'll go to Norwich and then they'll go straight to London because we're kind of about 50 miles east of London. So like we have to travel to London to see our big bands usually. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. But also like, um, I think we can teach people uh, like they can learn from us about kind of touring and things and how to tour healthily and well and all that kind of stuff. But every single person that we've taken on tour, um, we've learned from them as well, 100%. I mean, when we took Ben Brown, especially, um, I've looked up to him as a songwriter and he also like sings a band called Dingus Khan and used to be in a band called Superglue. Um, and he was my wedding singer like 10 years ago as well. Like when I got married, like I am just so in love with that man and such a true creative. Um, so it's an honor to be able to take people on tour, exactly the same with Generation Feral, who I look up to so much as creators and songwriters. And it's just a joy to be able to share their talents with um, with our audience as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And your passion just sh shines through, you know, to... Um, obviously these fantastic artists that you, you're obviously able to play with. And yeah, um, Generation Feral, uh, absolutely recommend listeners uh, check her out. Obviously fantastic artist. And, and Ben Brown has been around, it seems, forever, as you say, in the acts he's yeah. been in. But like, just such an incredibly talented songwriter. So yeah, um, Colchester, like you say, sadly really is overlooked, but there's such a hive of activity in the scene there right now and uh, obviously people need to sort of get their finger on that pulse absolutely um and uh yeah leading the way of course pet needs uh third album coming out as we say in a couple of days time uh, before we dive into uh, a couple of the tracks on a sort of cherry pick out of it you touched on it already um you, you you're making a bit of a play for the for the charts on, on, on this one which uh you know i've heard you describe it at a couple of shows you know is kind of something that historically you would have you know repulsed that really you know getting involved sure. in, in something like that but then obviously that sort of nugget was uh sort of dangled in front of you and you're like oh you know uh, and no one can blame you um, so how obviously um has that changed your approach to, to this album and the promotion of it um so firstly yeah the, the story that i was telling on stage is that the fact that i grew up in the punk scene and when you're in the punk scene like um obviously like it got really big in the 70s and stuff and bands were charting but like all the music i was listening to was just never in the charts really not really i mean i started with the pop punk and stuff that was all top of the charts kind of like some 41 like offspring and all those kind of things um but then as i got into the actual music scene like the charts were either just irrelevant or something that i was kind of a bit opposed to um but now um 
it seems that like through people uh, buying or people kind of putting out multiple versions of their albums and stuff, small bands like bands our size that aren't invited into the charts can infiltrate the charts. And suddenly that became really exciting to me uh, because that felt like being able to, uh, through collectivism, through creativity, through community, um, like moving this band into a space where it's previously not really been invited by like major labels and stuff. Um, felt really, really, really exciting. Um, so we did a uh, campaign uh, called the Bottom of the Pops campaign. Uh, this is going out on YouTube, right? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. I'm going to take you for a little walk around my house very quickly. <laughs> I'm just going to turn on the lights. Um, and this is it here. This is the frame for each one of these are individual CDs with our album inside. Um, our um, merch lady slash graphic designer slash um, happiness manager, uh, <laughs> Vanessa, uh, designed each one of these. So they're the top of the Pops logos throughout history, but they say like she's adapting over hours and hours to say bottom oh, of the Pops. Imagine. Yeah. And um, it took us so long. Um, <laughs> but it's the first time that we've seen uh, kind of a band do something where um, you've got multiple versions of an album but then if you buy kind of more than one version there's like a, a cumulative value to it so not very many people had bought just one of the bottom no. of the pops versions um most people have bought all 12 and they're going to frame it like this as well if it comes like one piece of art um so yeah it's a bit of a cheeky uh kind of like nods well it's obviously a very cheeky very direct nod towards um top of the pops and um no one sued us which is really really nice um, but yeah, I think it's really exciting and it looks like, well, by the time this comes out, we might have a little bit of a clearer view. Um, it's a week today. This is being filmed on the Wednesday, a week on Wednesday is when we find out, uh, the midweeks and then we'll know, we'll know if, uh, our crazy scheme has worked. I'm very excited about it. Um, again, like, I don't think being in the charts is a sign of quality at all. And the thing I'm most proud of is right. that the album, I'm really, really proud of the album. Um, but um to be able to have like say that we're a top 47 artist and it would also very much um legitimize my career choices to my dad as well which would be good <laughs> absolutely and that is an important point and uh yeah i have got absolutely everything crossed that obviously you can achieve it and get in there and it's such a unique uh concept like you say to it it's not new for artists to put out multiple formats but the way you've done it like you say you can put them all together to create that sort mm. of bigger piece of art Again, this is going to go out on on the Monday um, of uh, obviously the week that all the sales count. So, listeners, if you're listening to this and obviously you haven't picked up copies yet, like like do it. Like if you're listening to the first few days of this episode being out, go and grab some copies because uh, even if you're listening to this for some weird reason without liking the band, it's a massive middle finger up, isn't it, to the to the industry? So it's worth supporting regardless. But the fact you're going to get an awesome album that you can listen to as well. Uh, makes it a big win doesn't it so uh... yeah there you go there you go and like yeah so this is coming out on monday and then you can still uh, buy it not even pre-order it monday tuesday wednesday and i think it's about midday on thursday that they stop counting the charts so i'd say buy it monday tuesday or wednesday um and it's as little as four pounds for a download as well and we're at a point where every single sale counts so much um so yeah if you can especially if you don't know who we are and you want to take a risk that'd be amazing yeah please like uh it's been a really fun campaign it's been a stressful campaign um <laughs> but it's been really 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 fun and yeah if you want to get on board last minute you might be the person that tips the balance for us 
Absolutely. And to sound like a insurance like advert, you know, it's like that the cost of a cup cup of coffee, isn't it? You know, just chuck it yeah, in an album, like do it. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, you know, there's a really good album behind it. And uh I'm gonna de- delve into a couple of the singles off it, um, just cool. to give a flavour for the listeners. So the first single that came from the album was Separation Anxiety. Um, so I just wanted to ask a question I'm always interested in really like the first single to come off any album is always a bit of a statement of where a band is going so you know sure. what about that song made you choose it to be that statement um I think every album that we've put out is a real snapshot of um like where I am mentally and the last uh the last few singles off of um our last album um like I was in a kind of a uh more of a kind of lower kind of mental mental space i had a few kind of like deaths in the family and i've had loads of different things happen in my life or maybe not just lower maybe just kind of more reflective in a different way um and the album kind of had a theme of that as well and it was me kind of dealing and like kind of going through those experiences and then documenting them um and like it ended up having loads of songs that i'm massively proud to play on stage now and some of our biggest kind of hitting tunes um but i wanted to put out a song or we wanted to put out a song that was kind of the opposite to that in a kind of like mental health way even though protagonist it in it because i kind of play a weird character in it i play myself but then play an exaggerated version who starts like getting jealous jealous of his own dog and things like that um but i wanted to start with like just the phrase i love you so damn much and have something that was so um kind of joyous as a first single um as a bit of a nod to kind of where the album's going the album's still very reflective and kind of introverted but extroverted at the same time um but yeah i wanted something that was just kind of like smash the door down with a really positive statement yeah which it certainly did knock that door down it really did and uh obviously um yeah uh you've been Playing a few of the songs live uh, on on your shows over the last sort of few months, obviously separation anxiety when it came out. The optimist as well, um, it sort of got its live debut um, sort of late last year, if I remember. Um, and obviously another one that's come out um, more recently is is sleep when I'm dead. Um, now I'm quite interested in discussing the the video really for sleep when I'm dead um, because it was filmed at your um, big show in Colchester, um, fractured party number three, I believe it was. Um, yeah. uh, sub-zero eventually of course that's not where it was originally <laughs> going to be so um, obviously working away through obviously the, the song itself obviously Sleep When I'm Dead um, just a little bit around the, the themes uh, for that song if you would Johnny cool. so it was uh, kind of it all started like this one started with um, like the first word of the first verse which a lot of my songs do they kind of like just start like with like a first lyric Um and it started with uh, like it's not a brag that you know where all the plug sockets are in your local Weatherspoons. Um, and I because I started trying to work like I've got Weatherspoons on the corner of my street. I think Weatherspoons are a terrible company yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of thing, but they do have free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, so when my Wi-Fi was down, I went and popped there and did some work. And then um, my brother came to join me, and I was like, oh, I kind of I know where the plug sockets are here. And I was like, oh my god, what a sad life! I can't <laughs> believe that I know where all the plug sockets are in my local Weatherspoons. And, and then started writing stuff about that. And then I remembered a time where I um, ran home from my Weatherspoons and timed myself about how long it could be for me to get into a bed um, from a Weatherspoons booth. And it was two minutes, 40 seconds, by the way. It took me two minutes, 40 nice. seconds to get there. Um, 
But then I started thinking about bed and the I wanted to subvert the kind of like Motley Crue Bon Jovi-esque kind of real macho, I'll sleep when I'm dead, kind of like hedonistic kind of uh, thing. I like, I just didn't like, um, like I, I like that phrase when it's used properly, but I also don't want it to uh, do it to encourage others into excess. Um, mm. So I wanted to write a lyric that just said, I'll sleep when I'm dead or when I'm next in bed. And then the, the, the next part of it is just saying, look, I hope that um, the latter being in bed comes first before being dead because I quite enjoy sleeping just in my bed as well. Uh, so there's a little nod, a little bit of a nod to self-care in it as well, even though the verses are quite self-destructive. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is a lovely touch because uh, in this day and age, I think we all do it, don't we? We all push ourselves to excess, to it, be it in our private life or our work life. You know, we always uh, strive and... Um, probably a bit further than we uh, should do so it's always nice to have that little sort of stock stock check and you know actually you know uh, yeah I'll sleep when I'm dead or, or when I'm next in bed yeah, yeah whatever <laughs> yeah. Right. So, you know it's, it's lovely and uh, obviously the video for the song then um, it, you filmed it at let's say your, your, your fracture party three um, what was the experience like for you to to put on that show because I know it was a difficult one you know, there was a few hurdles along the way um, I was there and obviously it came off to a hitch like but i imagine it was a bit like you know the old uh the swan on water majestic on top but paddling like mad underneath <laughs> that was absolutely it it was like behind the scene especially when like basically we were meant to do a place called attic um which is on the high street in colchester um and then attic shut down uh and it didn't even they didn't tell us obviously we weren't a priority but they didn't tell us we were, they were shutting down or anything it just came out in the local newspaper whilst i was in america and I got about 20 messages saying, like, whilst I was asleep, going, oh, Attic shut down, by the way. And I was like, oh, this is bad news. Um, but luckily, the SU, the Students' Union that I used to work at, um, they offered us a place, which was really, really cool. Um, it was like, they're not massively used to putting on um, rock shows. So it was kind of a bit of us kind of like working with them to like, what would there be if there was like a mosh pit or people dancing about and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so the stuff leading up to it, as with everything, um, was a little bit stressful. But then that's the same with every big gig, especially when you've got people traveling to be there as well, because you're putting so much kind of pressure on yourself for it. Um, but the moment we hit the stage, actually not even the moment we hit the stage, the moment Henshaw hit the stage, who was the first act on, and then the lottery winners after that, and then us, was um, just absolute joy. Like It was amazing. It was relief as well. It's relief that we'd been able to pull it off and make it happen. Uh, but yeah, absolute joy in it. I'm so grateful to every single person that like was in that room basically yeah no absolutely it was a fantastic night and it's great that it's been immortalized in obviously the video so uh yeah i definitely yeah. encourage listeners to check out the video and see what it was all about because obviously the fractured party uh, party is, is kind of the centerpiece for the fractured party people the the, the, the group um, or the community really that is has formed around the band which is so incredible to see uh you know at a grassroots roots level you know just people from all over the world coming together and getting behind something and helping each other out and there's always so many fantastic stories that come out around that group and uh obviously yeah listeners you know just have a check of that out of that video and see what it's all about and join the group on uh you know online on facebook as well um you know it's full of great people so uh, definitely encourage listeners to do that and there'll be links in the in the bio for that and obviously um all of these people are going to be mobilizing across the country um in the next week or so as the album comes out because you've got some in stores um that you're going to be playing uh across 
across the country, including in Colchester uh, and down in uh, in Kingston with the, the fantastic. Um, um, I can't remember what they're called now. Yeah, Banquet Records. Banquet Records. That's yeah, the one. They've got on yeah, so yeah. many great shows down in Kingston. Um, absolutely fantastic uh, little record shop. That. Um, so you've got some shows uh, in the in-store uh, environment coming up, which I always love because it's different to a normal gig. So, yeah, what have you got planned for those shows? Um, I'm really excited for these because these are one of the only times. I mean, a couple we're doing electric, we're doing HMV Colchester and we're doing Rough Parade Bristol full electric, which is going to be a full electric show. Um, but then the other ones we're doing acoustic, but usually our acoustic is um, a two-piece. So usually it's me and George and George on a foot pedal. Um, but this time we've been working to um, do the acoustic shows as a four-piece. Um, and we've got a new bass player, Ryan, as well, who's like a like a virtuoso musician. And he's just made the music, like the acoustic music sound incredible as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited. And also we're kind of used to playing in uh, like spaces that kind of size as well, because we started um, about two years ago, like just doing like house shows and things. So it's going to be really good being able to like see the whites of people's eyes again and like being in little rooms. And also playing in record shops is just so much fun because independent record shops are always run by the most passionate people. Um, so I cannot wait. That's what I'm doing right after this. I'm going upstairs and packing uh, and then washing up before Lorna comes. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited to see everyone and hang out and uh, reflect on the album with people as well and then play some tunes from it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there'll be links in the bio, as I say, for, for listeners to to click through and hopefully head to one of the shows that are still going to be happening because I think there's a few that fall after this episode comes out. And obviously, and again, that's a great opportunity for listeners to pick up a copy of that album and and obviously help with the uh, the chart battle as well. So uh, definitely encourage listeners to do that. And um, after that, obviously, comes the proper headline tour. Um, you've got... First of all, obviously, uh, Rescue Rooms. I, I, I love the Rescue Rooms. Such a great venue in Nottingham. Um, and you're going to be headlining that as your kind of official uh, release show. Uh, and then in April, you've got some of the biggest rooms you've, you, you're you going to be playing as a, as a headline act, including uh, Underworld in London, which, again, is just one of my favourite venues in the world. Mm. So, I mean, you must be excited to be playing these shows. I cannot wait. I cannot, like... I yeah I just, i'm kind of speechless that we've even been booked to headline like rooms like rescue rooms the underworld and stuff like it's um amazing i think it's just testament to like our audience and our growth as well because we were literally playing to about 30 people in london a couple of years ago and then now we can't we'll sell out the 200 cap rooms um so now it's like well there's only only one other place to go so let's step it up um which is cool which is exciting um it's yeah it's gonna be amazing because that's kind of Big, that's like it's 500 cap and that's all, like almost as many people as a fracture party <laughs> which is amazing like it's it's so nuts like it's going to be amazing and also Camden especially is so has been so good to us it's where Frank Turner saw us back in the day um like we started by doing lots of like Camden Rocks present shows and things so um it's such a part of our story and so like deeply ingrained in our hearts as well um so yeah cannot wait I can't wait for the whole tour yeah, no, absolutely. And I, again, I encourage listeners, like, head online, uh, find a date. There'll be links in the bio, like I say. Like, if you can, go to a show. I fully recommend it. Caught the band a fair few times now uh, live, and it's always just a, a fun, like, just joyous evening of uh, of music. So definitely I encourage listeners to do that. 
obviously social media is the best place to do that and we always give out the social handles on the uh, podcast and it should flash up in the corner as well on youtube and in other places so uh you've made my life really easy though because i only have to read one out which is fantastic because normally i've got to read (laughs) maybe three or four out with underscores and all this kind of stuff but you know you are literally at we are pet needs wherever people like to do their social media that's where you can find uh find the band so obviously yeah uh well done to, for, for getting that. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, you know, April for the headline tour, and then we head into the summer, and it's festival season. And you know, again, uh, Pet Needs are, are such a great festival band. You just fit that kind of slot. You know, you just pack the energy into that set so well that um, you know, again, uh, I can't stop repeating myself and saying that listeners needs if they're if you're at a festival pet needs are there go and check it out but i want to touch a bit on the uh the community again um because i was at 2000 trees last summer um and i knew i was going to be watching pet needs when pet needs played but i have to admit i didn't expect that many people in there and part of the reason was this diy like campaign that your fans were every everywhere i turned there was a, a sign for pet needs, like people were like walking billboards or you know, yeah. all over the place. Like honestly, it was like a kind of a quite quite proud, really. I was uh, to see it, like and, and thinking, yeah, oh, yeah, this band that I, I know that are going to be really good, and like, all these people are going to come. And uh, you know, what was it like for you, Two Thousand Trees? Obviously, to to have your fans do that for you, and obviously, like yeah, because you packed the the big tent out, you know, and it was a fantastic set. So, what are your memories of it? Um. The actual set was incredible, but also it was seeing because we were having what was happening kind of like drip fed to us through the group because we were doing other festivals that weekend. Um, so we weren't there. We weren't there really to help with the promotion, which is where the kind of idea came from. It's like, look, usually we'd be out like making friends, having conversations, trying to get people to the show, but we can't. Is anybody going to be there? And then a couple of people like, well, I'll be there. And then someone was like, show, shall we make some flags and stuff? And then suddenly it just started from there and just like snowballed into a massive thing. Like I said, like all the way up to our friend Ben, um, who's um, doing a documentary about us at the moment, but him being being a walking billboard as well, <laughs> uh, which is uh, like, it was amazing. And then also I, again, was super, I was thinking, I really hope this works because sometimes we have like promotion ideas and stuff and it won't work, but then that's on us. But this was like dozens and dozens of people working so, 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 so hard. Um, and we were playing like the hangover slots. We were playing at midday on the Sunday, on the last day of the festival. And we were like, we could play to an absolutely empty tent and to play to an absolutely rammed out uh, tent. So people just going completely nuts was the best feeling. And it was that kind of uh, community um, organization um, that we weren't massively involved in either. It was like um, Fracture Party, who just kind of like took it and took ownership of it and just ran with it. It's that kind of organisation that gave us the confidence to go for a top 40 record because we've got such a strong... It's like a street team all over the world, yeah. basically. <laughs> like We've got such a strong team around us, which is incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. And it was so great to witness. And like, like I say, I was sort of morbidly intrigued Like when I walked up to the tent, how many people are going to be in there after seeing all the promotion. And it was it was packed. And then you did the job that you needed to do and you absolutely smashed the set. And obviously 2000 trees historically for the opening day of the next year always invite back a handful of bands that played the year before that obviously impressed the organizers so much Mm. to get that invite and you're one of those bands that are now invited to come and play 
that night uh, this year. So uh, obviously, you know, job well done. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, that's that's really exciting when we got that through. That was really cool because it was such a kind of like surgence from the bottom up that got that temple. And the fact that like the organizers kind of noted that and saw what happened and that we got that invite back because they often don't have fans playing two years in a row either. Like you say, they have a handful come back for that um, Wednesday slot. Um, yeah, and I cannot wait. Can't wait to return. It's going to be such a party. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, encourage listeners to to go along. The lineup's looking great. I'm going to be there. It's going to be another great weekend. Always is at Two Thousand Trees. Um, I won't list every festival you play in, but it'll be in the bio again because obviously uh, you guys just play so much, which is great. But the other one I'm going to put a quick little flag in for people is is Beautiful Days because you've obviously just been announced a Beautiful Days main stage slot as well. Like again, uh, you yeah. must be really excited for that. That's going to be amazing. There's certain things, there's certain kind of uh, things that you want to tick off in your career as you go through the bucket list kind of things. And we've never done a like major festival main stage yet. Uh, so that's going to be amazing. And we know a lot of fracture party people that are going to beautiful days. So I think a little bit closer to the time, um, we might be starting to have the conversations of, look, we know what we did collectively at 2000 trees. If we get 3000 people to a tent, can we get 5,000 people to a main stage? Like, and we're playing on the Saturday this time as well, as opposed to the Sunday at 2,000 trees, which I think makes things a little bit easier. Um, but yeah, I can't wait. And we're going to do similar promotion tactics and hopefully get that field absolutely packed for the set. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I really hope that it goes well for you. Um, definitely do. Um, and uh we, we're heading towards the end of our, our, our sort of time. We, we've we've got a segment that we've brought in since we last had you on that we've we've asked everyone at the end. Like it's called Magic Wand. Basically, a lot of the conversations on this podcast have turned to a few of the issues that there are in the music industry. So uh, we've started to get into fantasy land a little bit, and I'm going to give you Johnny a magic wand, and I'm just going to ask you with that magic wand, you know, if you could change one thing about the music industry, but one thing only. So putting mm. you on the spot a bit, <laughs> you know, what would you choose to change? Um, I would, and this is um, kind of not at the fault of venues at all. It's the fault of kind of like old buildings and stuff, but I'd make every single venue in the world accessible um, because when we're playing at our level, um, like a lot of the 200 cap venues and stuff are up like a million flights of stairs. Um, and I would really love if, and we've had conversations like our local venues kind of similar and stuff, but a lot of things are like listed buildings and all those kind of things. Um, and we try as much as we can to play accessible venues as much as possible. But if we could make every single venue in the world, like accessible, like no questions asked, um, then yeah, that would be it hundred percent. And hopefully that would be in the, um, like, oh, actually no, they wouldn't. I was going to say there'd be less stairs to load in, but I guess like we, we'd still have to load in other stairs, wouldn't we? But yeah, I think that'd be the one thing I'd change. That's the first thing that pops to mind. Yeah, and that's a beautiful one, actually. It's the, you're the first person that has is, is picked that one. And we've been doing this for quite a few episodes now, you know, um, and it is such an important thing as, as, as the father of, you know, a disabled child myself, you know, it is so important. Like music is such a vital um, sort of, aspect to our lives you know it's, it's an escape and it's all these like like great things for our mental health um and obviously if there's a portion of the society that is unable to go and join that and that's that's wrong isn't it so I, I absolutely love uh love that and i wish that magic wand was uh 
was real. Um, but hopefully there'll be some people in the background. There is uh, attitude is everything. Obviously, a great organization out there. There's great organizations out there yeah. pushing to fix that. So that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, just to finish us off, um, just to sell something else for you as well, Johnny. <laughs> um, you've got a photo book um, that is available for for your yeah. fans, to, uh, which uh, researching the uh, the interview I saw. And and I again, I absolutely love anything slightly different um, and the concept behind it. So uh, obviously, what can you tell us about you know, how that concept come up and, and, and what fans would expect from it? So, well, well wait a sec, here we go. <laughs> Here's one I made earlier. So here it is. <laughs> it's a thing of beauty. And it was um, made by, um, and it was the brainchild and also the execution and everything um, was from our like photographer and graphic designer and merch person, Vanessa, um, and it says here like a documentation of life on tour and in the studio captured on 35 millimeter film and she had like an old Canon camera and her motivation she wanted it to feel like kind of old family photos like in a way where there's like everything has an Instagram filter on it nowadays yeah. and stuff so if you look at the like I don't know if you can see here but yeah. they're all kind of like they look like they've come like straight from the 90s the pictures <laughs> which is really really cool and like you get a bit of kind of like solar glare on them and stuff, but it feels like um, it reminds me of flicking through like old photo albums when I was a kid and stuff. And they're like really real depictions of um, like us on tour, us on tour in uh, Europe with Floggy Molly. Um, I think it has 2000 trees. It definitely has Bearded Theory Festival in there as well. And then us spending time in the studio. Um, and it's one of my most favorite uh, pieces of pet needs memorabilia ever. Um, especially because um, it was Vanessa that kind of designed it and came up with the idea and everything. So, yeah, I love it. Everyone should order one. Absolutely, they should, definitely, because that's one of the things, um, for me, that magic wand question, you know, technology is great, and obviously how accessible music is these days is fantastic. The fact that I can, you know, catch, let's say, Generation Feral supporting pet needs, and I can go home that night and I can put on Spotify and I can listen to her music and, and check it out, absolutely fantastic but you can't beat a good physical uh you know bit of music a, a vinyl even a cd i know they're not exactly pop that popular anymore but there's something about getting a new album and, and reading through the booklet and holding it in your hands mm. while you listen to it and the photo book i think something like that just adds like so much more like weight to to obviously um you know what you guys are putting out there like i, I can just imagine you know, sitting there nicer cup of tea reading the book the new CDs on that, that's that's a great time and obviously it's something that probably's lost a bit these days unfortunately so um yeah definitely encourage listeners to pick one up yeah 100 percent. thank you so much for promoting that and like I think just anything that helps you feel grounded in the world and I think looking at something physical or holding something physical in your hands it's like um I've I've never really got a kindle I always choose to like just read like books and stuff I like that trying to not look at screens for as much as possible and then just trying to hold uh, something physical kind of like really grounds you in the world as well. I mean, if like my, if you ask my partner, I'm looking at screens all of the time because I'm a bit of a workaholic for the band as well. So I'm always in like fracture party people and stuff, always doing social media stuff. Um, but when I can or when I have the kind of um, like self-control to be able to, then like to be able to have something physical um, in your hands and not exist in that digital world for a bit is um, lovely and I think this book and vinyl and things like that really help to uh, do that absolutely I couldn't agree more and just to give it the final sort of sales pitch to drive us home obviously listeners you know the photo book 
the uh, the vinyl uh, and, and the CDs, you know, the, the bottom of the pop CDs, you know, absolutely encourage you to go out and, and pick them up uh, and give you something to listen to. And then once you listen to them, head along to a show. Again, the, the experience of getting out there, meeting people, the great community around the band. Obviously, you've got the festivals. So if you don't want to commit to a headline show, go and check out a festival show from Pet Needs. You won't regret it and you'll soon be buying a ticket to a headline show. I know it. So, so much going on with the band. Um, it's always great to have you on to, to talk about it all, Johnny. Uh, and I always like to just chuck the final message to the guests. So what is your final message for the uh, sure. listeners today? Um, I think my final message actually a thank you to you, mate, because you were my first ever podcast. Really? Like first ever, like when we got signed and stuff. Yeah, and I remember being desperately nervous. I was sat oh. upstairs in that room upstairs. I was really nervous, but you made me feel so at ease at the very start. Um, and I love the tradition now. I love it when we meet at shows, but I love the tradition of every album just coming and reflecting on it with you. Um, so yeah, just say thank you to you, mate, for the support over the last few years. Yeah, bless you. Well, it's absolutely well deserved because you know we uh, uh we get sent so much stuff uh, to to listen to. So many great artists try and get in touch and that, and we just haven't. I work full time. I haven't got the time. To, yeah. to dedicate that I'd love to. So obviously the bands that we do get on are the ones that I desperately really want to talk to. So obviously credit to yourself for getting yourself into that space. And we will absolutely have you on every album that you put out. And I'm sure there's a lot more to come from Pet Needs. So again, uh, listeners, follow the band on social media and you'll stay up to date with all of that great stuff that's coming up. So uh, Johnny, absolute pleasure. And thank you for coming on. Oh, you too, mate. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Well, thank you everyone for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed that chat there with Pet Needs. Do make sure you follow the band across social media to stay up to date with everything coming from them. You can also stay up to date with Full Pelt. We're on Facebook at Full Pelt and on Twitter and Instagram at Full Pelt Music. And finally, if you would, please do hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, wherever you're watching or listening, because we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Full Pelt Music podcast.